Welcome to the uh, Side Talks podcast. You hey. know what, Corey? What? You know, just like everybody else, some days we have good days at work, and some days we have bad days at work. That's some, right. Some series, some things are harder than others, and lately, this is um, this is kind of the, the the phone call that I've been wanting to give you. Oh, great. He- hello. You have a collect call from. What the fuck is happening? It's from from Blackberry. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite moments in that film. Yeah. Uh, That's a really good movie. I mean, it really is like the best. If you're ever gonna like collect, call someone. That is the best name to put in there. Yep. Anyway, I've been. That's. I've almost called you and did that. You know. (laughs) Great. It would have been uh, well received. We're not mentioning any names today. I would never say a name. Never. For instance, my name is redacted. I'm not gonna tell you my name. That's how much I'm wow. not going to say my name. Other than to say, what's up, Ding Dongs? That's Corey and shout Kraft. out to I'm all you Corey heads and kittens like out there. Fuck. I have been identified. Rachel has been sworn in. Under I'm Rachel Earth. Morgan. I'm proud to make that collect phone call. Oh, man. Um, so what the fuck is happening? Well, I'll tell you what. This is the Side Talks podcast where we talk about cinema because we are the official podcast of the Sidewalk Cinema and the Sidewalk Film festival so uh i don't know what else do we have to say in this that's intro? it we're gonna talk about some movies let's, let's talk do it. let's talk about movies all right what's this shit all right all right this is a plane movie okay it's a plane movie a plane movie and so i'm actually no notes here i'm okay. riffing like i used to do this is like an old school back in the day riff right, where i'm right. just gonna tell you what i can remember from this film i'll start by telling you i hated this damn okay. thing okay okay really hated it and i think there's people out there who might like it sorry yep. to them so here's here's what I kind of remember, and I don't know if you're going to get it or not. I will let you know it's a fairly new film. Fairly, hence new. the plane. It was like an it was a like recently added or whatever. Okay, okay. Um, it is a group of young women. They're in a foreign country. Is this Joyride? Oh my god! I gave too many you're hints. Kidding. Clearly, holy shit! I saw this. And they're at a bar. What I was going to say is they're at a bar uh-huh. and they're doing shots with the boss, yeah. right? With the one the, of their bosses. Well, the. I don't know, business guy that right. one of them has been sent to China to do a business deal yeah. with. And Holy shit, you got it really quick. I yeah. wasn't going to tell you much more than that, actually, but I still, th- I still thought you'd get it, but not that quick. And yeah, they're doing shots, and some of the shots are like the, what is it, thousand-year-old egg shots or something, oh, or what, a hundred-year-old yeah. egg, and whatever. there's vomit. And there's vomit situation. It's a really kind of terrible film. I didn't love it. Did you like it? No. I didn't like because I would it fight either. you on this one. It's a, it's one of those. Where I wouldn't they, call it terrible. Oh, I think it's terrible. And let me tell you what I can't stand. Okay. I, and and this is the thing. Like I actually think bridesmaids is funny, and I think it's fun. Bridesmaids I, is great. I think it's funny when it gets grody. Like I actually like bathroom humor doesn't usually do it for me, but the scene where they've gone to eat for the bridal sh- for the bridal yeah. try for the gown try on or whatever that scene's actually really funny um and that's kind of where that's a that's about where i can go with it but this this is just some of the gross out humor it's just not funny Hmm. to me and it's just sort of really really gross there's i think at this point we can kind of stop with the throwing up jokes Uh, i I just feel like we've had enough they're not going to get much better right uh i'll never say never right like some intrepid comic filmmaker can come along and and that's surprise fine. us but guess what what i'm getting at this is not the one this is not the one this is not the one um yeah lots of like drug baggies shoved up crevasses yeah in people's bodies and stuff and and you know lots of drug humor and gross out humor and uh, an ill 
placed tattoo that right. is a punchline. Like it's, a surprisingly graphic punchline. It's just, it's just silly. Anyway, yeah. and silly not in, not in a, in a good way. So, so you won. You won. I don't know what you won. Because um, you watched that film. But a million dollars. Good for you. Courtesy of Sam, who will be writing me a check as soon as I leave this room. Great. Sam, it's on you. Yep. And now, a look at what we're watching this week. Well, we've reached that section of the podcast where I ask you what you've been watching, but hold on. Uh-oh. Because I kind of think we should just alter the name of this segment for this episode to this is the Killers of the Flower Moon segment. Yeah, we're going to talk about Madi. We're going to talk about Madi's new movie. Let me let me warn you before you say anything. Okay. No spoilers. I don't want any. Yeah. And that's in part to protect our audience, but also because I had to do something that is still bothering me. Uh-oh. But I didn't have a choice, and I, I left at the – there was 40 minutes left, <gasps> Mark. Oh, I no. know. But I had no other choice. I really had no other choice. So I'm going to catch – I'm going to catch it from, from start because uh-huh. I don't mind seeing this one again. To the end, I can tell you, Corey, what uh, – you know, what my complaint normally is about films is that they're too long. And I went into this three-and-a-half-hour film thinking, this is going to be too long. But I have to tell you, when I got up to leave, I thought – but this this has definitely needs another at least forty minutes. Yeah. So I'm not even going to complain about a three and a half hour runtime. That's that's where this film lies for me. Well, there's not a lot of fat on this movie. There's not. There's a lot actually of... a lot more to it, yes. right? So I, yeah. I kind of twenty minutes in was going, oh, like this thing is really detailed and really long, but we are really skimming the surface here. Yep. We're not hitting much over the head, are we? It is epic in um, its concerns. Um, I mean, not only in length, right, but but the subject matter justifies it because we are kind of diving into this community that is rotting from within by this this conspiracy of of white men trying to steal the wealth from the Osage Nation uh, by criminal and murderous means, and that's not a spoiler because. Unlike the the book by David Grand that this is based on, it's not presented as a whodunit. We know what's going on essentially from, as you say, the first 20 minutes, and we just see it sort of sickeningly play out as these characters compromise themselves more and more and sink further and further into greed and and this this horrible ambition. It's an enraging film. Yeah. I will say, um, you're not going to agree with me here, but uh-huh. I will say some of the performances are, are weak. Mm. Uh, some of the performances are outstanding, and yeah. this is clearly going to get a lot of Oscar nominations, yeah, yeah, probably yeah. some Oscar wins. But and, – and the – you know, the, our primary cast is – they're doing great jobs. I'm not even complaining about Leo in this – film um he's he's been really bad in his life this is a time when he's actually pretty good and um lily but my girl is the she's the mvp here lily gladstone yeah she's the she's mvp amazing. here and it's she's also just captivating to look at yeah. so i also a couple of sidewalk alums um showing michael up abbott jr and pat, pat Healy showing yeah. up and it, like that's kind of cool fbi to see. agents right yeah it's a lot of fun um probably a couple other familiar faces i mean a ton of familiar faces it's packed with char- character actors but probably some others uh, who people will recognize. Lily Gladstone was in Quantum Cowboys, which is an animated 
thing that we played. Yeah. Uh, so you wouldn't recognize her necessarily from that. Um, before this, most memorably for me, um, in the third segment in Kelly Reichert's Certain Women, where she and Kristen Stewart kind of have this flirtation going on. Yeah, she's she's she's, she's a little stocky with Kristen Stewart. And um, First Cal, right? She is. She's in First Cal, I think, fairly briefly. but uh, She's, she's a it. Kelly Reichert discovery, if you yeah, will, yep. and she's really, really good at her job. Uh, but I, so let me ask you, I like this a lot. I clearly uh-huh. need to go see it to its end. Um, I, I really, there were some moments that I could, I, I got some notes. Yeah. I got some notes, but, you know, I mean, it, it, it's just my style to give Scorsese some notes. It's not a perfect <laughs> film. It is a really, really solid, really, really good film. My guess is probably going to end up on one of the best films of the year, maybe yeah. of the decade. For you, is this your number one of the year so far? No. Wow. I was really kind of thinking it would be. And Charlie, now Charlie Sanders has come out strong. Yeah, he's feeling all really, it. really all about it. Yeah. Where, where is this landing for you? Number two. What's number one so far? Oppenheimer still. Oh my god! I mean, it's close. Like Charlie's I love both of those up. movies. I know. I'll I'll have to do hand to hand combat with Charlie next time I see him. Uh, I think these are both tremendous movies, yeah. though. I mean, they're they're so good. I mean, look, Scorsese has not missed for me probably ever, but certainly not in the past. I don't know twenty years. I think he's been on an incredible streak. Uh, from the Wolf of Wall Street through Silence, through well, you know, this is somebody Irishman. who doesn't. You're talking to somebody who doesn't really like the Wolf of Wall Street. I just think, that, and I know you think I'm wrong, but I'm yeah, here to I tell you this. Think you're wrong. But this is this is a good example of I can, you know, unlike a Tim Burton, where I'm like uh-huh. I'm just kind of done with him. You know, I can not like a film that's in a body of work of of a director, but then they can come back and and really catch me, and I I do like this a lot. Well, especially because this is. You know, a late career piece from one of our finest filmmakers. I think one of the finest filmmakers who's ever pushed this medium forward in any way. And he has, I think, indisputably done that over the course of, what, a a damn near 50-year career. I mean, a little more than that at this point, right? Because Mean Streets is about 50 years old, I think. Um and he was making movies before that. So um, just an incredible leap. I mean, not that he is doing anything hugely new with technique, That's with his true. style here. But but I do think it is largely, you know, a lot more restrained and it's it's bitter and it's, you know, it's the work of an old patient master of the craft and one that's still kind of working shit out. Yeah. He talked, there's not a whole lot actually out there yet. There will be all kinds of featurettes and extras I'm sure coming, but the, the couple things that I've been able to watch, you know, one of which he talks about the, the scene where the house explodes. And again, we're not, we're not giving anything away here. This is not, I would say early on in the film, but you know, you, you kind of know it's coming and uh, a house explodes and, and the scene is in the trailer too. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's really not really, it's not blow anything for you. Huh? Um, but it, where he talked about they were when Leo comes back in the house, they were they were going to just be in the living room. And he on set is thinking through like, why the hell would they be in the living room? We need to do this different. We're going to put them. And actually, actually, Lily Gladstone said, well, you know, there's a basement. Yeah. And and so maybe we should be in the basement. So she's like helping him work out problems. They go to the basement and it ends up being done. No dialogue. Right. It ends up being done as sort of a singular take where Leo opens the door and the look on his face communicates to his wife what's happened. Yep. And it's just an, it's it is, again, one of probably one of the strongest moments in the film, I think. Yeah. 
And aside from what I'm hearing is the ending, which I haven't seen yet. And um, yeah, one of the strongest moments in the film, it was just him working shit out on set with the help of his actors, which he is a collaborative director. So that's still happening. And it's cool to see somebody who is has so much under their belt still working out problems in that same way and it, and it making sense. And just a guy who's making some of the most vital cinema, not only of his career, but of anything going on in the world right now at 80 years old. Yeah. Just Isn't that wild? Killing it. And there's also, while you're, you're, I agree with you, there's not any, it's not sort of super innovative filmmaking happening here. I wouldn't say that, but some of the processes through which they went to capture the the kind of colors of the era and some of oh, the yeah. and some of the archival footage yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the sort of um, duplication of the of the color like they went to some pretty pretty far ends to to make that have the texture of the era. It is also some of the stuff that for me was a little tough because I just think it's I, we don't really I don't we don't know what that looked like then and it feels a little ripped from modern times but. I, we can experience a daguerreotype as it looks with age, but mm-hmm. we can't, for example, experience what a daguerreotype would have looked like fresh off the presses. You right, know, right, right. Um, not in that same, not in the same way. So it's an, anyway, it's interesting to read a little bit about that process, and I do have a lot of respect for the uh, the ends that they went to to kind of put this thing together. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's rare that we agree upon a film. Completely <laughs> agree upon the film, way. at least as of late. So you know, this is obviously a high recommendation from both of us yes. to to see it. And also, I appreciated the if you go see it in the cinema, which is where you should see it. Martin Scorsese comes on at the beginning and does a very brief, but a, but a wholehearted thank you for seeing this the way it was supposed to be seen on a big screen in a cinema. And I appreciated having a small introduction from the director to you know kind of give a little bit of a. a tip of the hat to folks who actually made it out to the cinema to see it for sure it is you know again as we've said rather long but time extremely well spent you know let me add this really quickly too not to beat a dead horse here but i was listening to another podcast that's not the you must remember this podcast but another podcast that was talking a lot about attentional space and not intentional space but attentional space like the spaces in which we provide our attention and what those spaces give back to us and that you know when we're scrolling through our phones and looking at instagram and looking at tiktok there's not a whole lot of time or space or um it's not it's, it's not conducive to this sort of original thought yeah and i think the same is true when you're sitting at home watching something three and a half hours you're going to be distracted by an alarm in the next room or somebody walking through or somebody upstairs or you're going to be distracted by a car on the street, whatever it is, there's no way to have the same attentional experience of this work that you would have in a cinema where it is intentionally positioned so that your distractions are eliminated and you're able to actually emerge yourself in the film. That can yep. be said for anything, but I also just want to point out that there's something hypnotic about something that does go on longer than two hours and, and it's doing its job very well that I highly recommend seeing this in the theater. I don't think we have to convince anybody listening to this podcast, but uh, it is something to kind of think through when you're making that decision. 100%. It rules. It is so good. And I'm not going to say anything about the ending, but it Please is don't. the yeah. best part of the movie. I've heard that my mom saw it and she said, she goes, I just have one thing to say. Oh, that ending. And so I'm like, just stop. Just, yeah. you can't say anything else. Incredible. So Incredible. I'm looking forward to it and I will report back um, with either, you know, a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And my guess is it's going to be a thumbs up about the ending. My guess yeah. is it'll be a thumbs yeah. up. I'm looking forward to it.
Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Side Talks podcast. We're your own personal cinematic, Jim Balsillie. 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 I forget how. It's Balsillie, but but in the movie, everybody calls him Balsillie. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is a really unfortunate last name. Yeah. And uh, Carl Yankowis. Is that right? Uh, Yankowiski. Yankowiski. Okay, who is that? Is that the, the NHL former, guy? That's the former Palm Sea, Palm Pilot uh, CEO. Okay, okay. So y- Yankowski, I think that's it. I'm sorry. This Yankowoski. is in reference to Blackberry. Blackberry. Again, I saw this film. I, I thought it was really fun. It's really good. I also watched it on an airplane. It was much better than I thought it would be. We yeah. programmed this film. I was so happy that we had done that. I really, really enjoyed it. It's yeah. it's got some notes as well, but it is it is a really kind of fun ride. Yep. There's there. It's really well directed, and and the audio. The the it's a really cool one, Brad. You'll like this. It's a really cool one for music supervision, like some stuff you wouldn't that's of the era that you wouldn't normally think that that would make it into a film. And they do an amazing job with the sort of L cuts and J cuts and the non diegetic turns to diegetic, and it's it's a really great like music supervisor's film. Yeah, fun one to watch for that. You agree? Yeah. It's a re- I, I think it's so funny. It's too. really, really funny. Yeah. And there's like a scene where they, they send the heavy end of this room, right? And it's kind of shot off a style. Uh-huh. If you will. I hate to call it that because it's really but documentary the sort of style. The handheld. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, kind of noticed throughout the whole thing. It's a damn sausage party. And there's like one woman in the room. Uh-huh. And, the, and the heavy comes That's in. Right. And he goes, he's like, what are you little boys playing with your little penises and the camera kind of moves around and zooms in on her and she's like trying not to smirk anyway it's just that i i stopped the film and rolled it back to watch that scene again because it's just such a great (laughs) example of direction for humor um really really funny anyway these two individuals you know they ball silly claims that about five percent of the of the uh, of the story is true from his perspective that's right but you know, whatever, maybe, maybe let's, even if it's 5%, it's pretty, I wouldn't want to be 5% of that, you know what I mean, of that particular dude. Correct. Um, but he's, it's probably more like 50% would be my guess, but he did say, but I've lived my whole life with the last name that's, that people pronounce ball silly. So I can take a joke, you know, it's fine. Good for him. He's been a good sport about it. Um, but anyway, these two, what I, part of the dynamic I liked in this film is these two individuals hate each other and whether or not that actually transferred into real life. I don't know. My guess is that there was, I, this got to stem from something where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, those two probably didn't like each other very much. It's the former CEO, Blackberry, obviously co-CEO. Yeah. And the former CEO of Palm Pilot, who was trying to, I guess, was a hostile takeover right. because he was trying to buy them and they didn't want to be bought. So, um, but it, it's interesting how this one, the, the, the Jum character, really, really just off the bat does not like this Palm Pilot CEO. Just does not like him. For, for it, it's almost like one of those moments where you're like, he just doesn't like the way he eats. Right. You know? And so much so that it's 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 like he doesn't care if it's his downfall to kind of rub this guy's face and shit. So anyway, two people who who notoriously didn't get along, at least in, in the world of of the narrative. So funny, and and they're played by by Glenn Howerton and uh, Carrie Elwes. I think is is the Palm Pilot guy. Uh, dynamic, really dynamic performances yeah. in yeah, this thing. So too. good. Uh, anyway, yeah. I thought so, that was a good duo. Yeah. So which would you rather be? I, I think I'm definitely there where I would fall here. What do you think? I'm probably more of a, like a smirking Carrie Elwes and you're yeah. the you're the shark like screaming yeah. uh Blackberry guy. I think so. I yeah. think that's fair. I mean the collect call, you know, what the fuck yeah. is happening that pretty that, good. 
Yeah, Pretty that good. seems like a thing that I would get from you. Anyway, two, two, we're wrapping up the podcast with two recommendations if you haven't seen them before. That's right. If you were foolish enough not to see Blackberry at the cinema like I was, um, it's out there and it, take a look at it. I think I think you'll enjoy it. Yep. It's, it definitely falls in line with this sort of social network kind of this 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 um, genre, if you will, of yep. modern tech films. But I, in some ways, I kind of like this better. Than the I know, social network? I know. Isn't that wild? I kind of had more fun. I'll put it that way. Uh, Even though, I mean, there's some stuff in the social network that's that I enjoy too. I am not going to go that far. The social network has some moments that are just kind of weird. Mm. If you know what I mean, I I'm don't. saying that in a positive. Like I'm saying that there's some like some very strange stuff happening in that film at certain points. That's true. Sure. Anyway, there double feature. Okay, there I you would go. Double happily feature. double feature them. They're both they're both really good. The social network is better. No, I don't know about that. Anyway. Much better. Um, yeah, if you've got an extra six hours of your life, Killers of the Flower Moon and Blackberry. Yeah, recommend. there you go. Uh, thank you so much to Boutwell Studios. Thank you, Brad. You're welcome. Uh, and then what else do we say here? Visit us at SidewalkFest.com. Get tickets to what we're showing at the cinema. As of this recording, we're showing Killers of the Flower Moon, but that might not be the case by the time you hear this. So SidewalkFest.com is where you can see what we're showing, when we're showing it, and you can get your tickets by clicking on Get Tickets on the website. And uh, don't miss a thing that we're doing uh, by following us on social media, at Sidewalk Film, on Instagram, and X, I guess. Are we on X? We're not even. I think, you know what? I'm going to say it right now. Uh-huh. First of all, I don't think we're on there, but I think let's be done with X. Oh, we're just let's I mean, be I, no, let's be done with it. It's I'm a done. it's a shitty platform. It's I'm a off. shitty app run by a shitty person. Who let's just would we would welcome sponsorship. Yeah, I'm from. not trying to be that guy, but I got off Twitter like seven years ago. It's oh. just a it's a nasty little environment, right? Like I don't I was never on there, but the the way that I hear people talk in these bumper sticker stuff, like it's just let's be done with it's it. It's bad. It's no I got offense off to anybody who loves Twitter, ago. but fuck off. I used to love it. I used to be addicted to it. I got off. It's bad for you. It's bad for your mental health. And I don't want to feed into Elon Musk's world domination bullshit. But we will take a sponsorship. Absolutely. Right. absolutely Write us absolutely a check. Right absolutely right. I mean I, we would sell for so cheap. It's it's unbelievable. As like, a matter of fact, I'm probably doing exactly what he wants me to do yeah. right now because there is a question of like, did he do this to destroy it? I mean, he named it X after all. So maybe I'm, maybe dollars. I'm, maybe I'm feeding right into Elon. Yeah, Elon. I mean, come on. I mean, know? we'd bump that down to three hundred. I think I we'd, ta- we'd take we'd take three hundred. I'm so cheap. We'd take money from Sam Bankman Fried at this point. Oh. Let's he doesn't have any money. I'd Let's take money from Sam Edden. Sam, he's uh, definitely, write that check. He's definitely got some money he's making up right now in a prison cell. Right? Absolutely. All right. Well, that's it. Bye. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise. <laughs>